Broadcasting from Boston, Massachusetts, the ARC Digital Transformation Viewpoints podcast is the only podcast dedicated to all things related to digital transformation in energy, industrial, and critical infrastructure applications. The podcast is the creation of the ARC Advisory Group Digital Transformation Practice. ARC advises leading companies on technology trends and market dynamics that affect their business. To engage further, please like and share our podcasts or reach out directly on Twitter at ARC underscore advisory, or please go to our website at arcweb.com. Hello, my name is Sid Snitkin, and I lead the cybersecurity practice at ARC Advisory Group. And joining me today to discuss industrial cybersecurity are Mary Beth Conley, Vice President of Process Automation Strategy, and Jay Abdallah, Vice President of Cybersecurity Services at Schneider Electric. Welcome, Mary Beth and Jay. Hi, Sid. Hi, Sid. Thanks for having us. Uh, as you know, we had uh, our we just finished our uh, ARC Forum in Orlando, and we had a really extensive cybersecurity program there, where we had a lot of workshops and presentations by cybersecurity people and users. And what's one of the things about our event we do with end users. And, you know, I, I took away some interesting things from that. And so one thing I would like to do, if you don't mind, is I just want to kind of frame the discussion today by kind of going over some of the things that I saw or learned from that event. Uh, second, we uh, talked a lot about the challenges that companies are facing in staffing their OT cybersecurity programs and ensuring that people have tools that they need to sustain all of their cybersecurity solutions. That was one of the key issues. And finally, but certainly not least, uh, they're concerned about how they'll be able to ensure security of all the new digitalization opportunities that their companies want to pursue. So with that said, uh, let me start by asking uh, Mary Beth, uh, how how do your observations, uh, how do what I just said, what I learned at our forum, align with what you're seeing in the market from your customers and the other people that you're meeting. The, the, the same, they have the same kind of concerns, and are they confident about what they're doing, and so on. Yeah, so Sid, I think actually you've summed it up really well, um, and I'm not at all surprised by the robust showing of people at your um, at the cybersecurity piece because it's definitely becoming more and more part of the conversation especially as our community is moving and, you know, we're looking at different things around open and we're looking at how our entire industry is moving towards digitalization. So, but even just if we go back to kind of this current state of cybersecurity today, our customers are definitely seeing an increase in the number and the sophistication of attacks. Many of them are concerned about the fact that they're still using manual processes to identify those attacks, understand which devices have been compromised. There's a lot of work that they have to go through in order to really be able to see what's happening. And so a big piece that they have is the challenges just on the visibility of their assets and what are those OT assets and then how vulnerable are they and what's happening as we see different things um, not working the way that they're supposed to be working. So is it a cyber attack or is it something else? So there's a lot of concern relative to that. And as you rightly stated, you know, digitalization and moving things to new ways of working 
Now we have more and more OT devices connected to the internet, or at the very least to the IT networks. Um, all of that is increasing the risks for both the OT and the IT departments in the companies. And so, and, and as you know, right, our industry, we have this great heterogeneity of devices and different um, vendors that are in with different lifespans across these OT devices. And all of that is really compounding that risk. So it's it's always part of the conversation that we hear from our customers. Um, and I think as we are moving forward, the understanding of how to deal with this, the technologies that they can use in order to um, affect change, as well as, as you mentioned as well, the people side, right? So how do they get the right training? How do they get the right skills? How do, how do they get enough resources in order to be able to drive this? And it's certainly just part of the conversations we hear all the time with our uh, with our customers. Oh, very well. I'm glad to hear that. Actually, that just tells me I'm not crazy because that's what I see and that's what I expect. Uh, Jay, you know your focus uh, is on services. So, what do you see with respect to the cybersecurity people issues? You know, we always hear that, and this I hear this from everybody. I heard it at our event that companies lack the people and the expertise they need to manage their security programs. And, and you know, this tends to undermine this, the, the defenses that they have. So do you find that, that you customer companies are still struggling to hire people? Are they looking for more support from their suppliers? You know, what, then what kind of things is Schneider doing to help companies address these resource issues? No, that's a great question, Sid. You know, the people aspect is, is certainly one third of that triad. We can't talk about, the development of creating a, a relevant security program without talking about people. So I, I think when we broach this topic, it can be broken down into two categories, right? So we've got the larger community of employees that are working throughout multiple levels of the organization. And then we have those that are managing the security infrastructure, or even those that are responsible for the technology, the development of the technology, and in some cases, the implementation. So to answer the first part, yes, I definitely believe that customers are seeking the support of their suppliers. Initially, it was to design security programs and compliance criteria, which progressed slowly into implementing security controls within their facilities. Now, we've been involved in that game for over a decade. But this year, we're actually taking it one step further by also providing managed security services to our customers. I mean, this includes things like maintenance and updates, log analysis, asset inventory, reporting, incident response, you name it, all really focused on supporting that people aspect. So since there's still plenty of challenges in finding those resources with the skills required to do this on their own, we've effectively reduced that overhead and the stress and the complexity of finding the right people with the specific skills to run those environments of the ever-evolving infrastructure. Now, on the other side of that coin, you still have the greater population that I mentioned earlier. Even here, we are still providing the consulting and training that our customers need with, you know, we're trying to really focus here to reduce the risk without the need to invest in building their own large security organization. So I think you're spot on in terms of that necessity when it comes to the necessity of focus when it comes to the people aspect. 
And we're, we're certainly we've been involved in this game for quite some time. We still believe firmly in, in supporting that that overall guideline. And I think these new offerings that we've got are, are really even though they're technology at their core, they have that people aspect at the center, which tries to, to really get those folks that need the training, get them trained in order to understand the technology and then support and overall running the environment. Let me just a, a little follow up on that question right there. Uh, you know, one thing that that I, I happen to have chaired a, a workshop session we had a panel where we had panelists discussing. I called it MSSP strategies for OT, but what I really meant was outsource services strategies and things like that. And one thing, because you said it, and that's what triggered my thinking was, you know, one of the key things was that the progression in what companies are looking for from services. And several people said the same thing about it started with, with assessments, it's progressed to implementation, and now some of them are looking towards MSSP services. So it completely aligns with, so we're seeming to be seeing the same thing. But one question I have, uh, one additional question, I guess, on people is, some of the companies there said, yes, they're interested in outsourced services, but they didn't think they were ready for them yet. They first wanted to get their own acts together. Now, this these happen to be very large companies, you know, with immense, you know, lots of facilities, immense differences in systems, a lot of issues that they felt they had to get resolved first. Uh, are you seeing that? And if so, I mean, are you helping them along that way and things like that to, to make, get yeah, ready for the managed services? Because that's what I call them as well. That's a that's a great point. So I, I think it, it kind of goes both ways, right? Th there are some customers, depending on the maturity level and, and the willingness to make the investment, that are just ready at any point throughout the journey to, to take the plunge, right? So if they've got the basic criteria already there for managed services to basically be able to plug in and run, then great. But you can't have a managed services offering that is outsourced unless you've got an infrastructure to run. So it, it definitely lines up with what you said. You, you, you have to have the infrastructure in place. It's got to be at least working in some capacity. It can be tuned. It can be modified. It can, you know, using a combination of super smart people and, of course, the AI and the tools that we use to analyze the logs and provide real tangible data as a result of monitoring that environment, that's where you start to really see the value. But if there's no infrastructure in place and we're still on the journey of trying to understand what assets are out there and how do we manage our vulnerability levels and which controls do we need to implement, then certainly you, you can't just jump you know, head first into the MSSP picture unless something exists to start with. Okay. Uh, let me change because I could talk about people all day. And so let me change because I would like to ask Mary Beth another question here. Uh, but this kind of relates to how companies are managing their cybersecurity. You know, one thing we see is a lot of companies have gotten uh, their CISOs, their, their corporate CISOs, more involved in OT cybersecurity. And what we see with that is these these people are asking for a lot more information, a lot more visibility into the OT systems. Uh, are you seeing the same thing? Your customers experiencing the same kind of developments? And, and you know, what impact is this having on the on the support that, that they might be asking you for, asking Schneider for. Yeah, and I, I you know, again, it, it it still goes to the people side. So it's mm -hmm. um, it is really interesting because definitely more CISOs are getting involved. Um, in OT cybersecurity, we even have that within Schneider ourselves, relative to our own smart factories and and our CISO. Um, it it was really interesting. I was on a panel recently, um, and a number of the audience was CISOs. 
I think what's really obvious when we start to have this oversight coming from that level is obviously the challenge we've always had in our industry, which is that the IT world and the OT world have for the most part been separated. Um, and now we're starting to see the convergence on that. And I think, and I'm sure you've heard it said right from some of the major companies in terms of does the IT group start to come down onto the OT floor and how does that start to work as OT starts to look more like IT and you know what happens there. And I think what's really interesting is that um, while the teams are playing better together, um, there's <laughs> definitely a different. Yeah, sorry for laughing. I'm sorry. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, you know, we've been in this world a long time, so um, it's taken some time. But I think what's what's still interesting is even the CISOs I've talked to, they, you know, the ones that come from the IT background or the IT professionals that they're bringing in to help with this still have that perspective of the IT, right, of controlling the risk, of making sure that, you know, they can do whatever they need to do to shut things down and make sure that the risk is controlled. And and they even said that kind of thing when I was on this panel, you know, about like, oh, the OT professionals don't really understand what they need to do to make sure that that risk is controlled. And then I pointed out that, well, from the OT perspective, maybe the IT professionals don't always understand the importance of maintaining the process and ensuring that nothing stops the process, especially in our continuous process world. And so I think we still have a ways to go um, to really help both sides understand why both perspectives make sense. And then how do we work those pieces together? So in some of the CISOs I've talked to, you know, the other pieces, they are really just starting to learn that OT space and really what that means. Jay, I know you came from the IT side of the world and you've <laughs> you've dealt with this. Um, so really, truly helping. How do we keep that operation running and control the risk? And so the CISOs are learning a lot, I think, about the OT world. The good news is the technology that we have can help to bridge that gap and start to converge these groups together by allowing that better visibility, the understanding to the vulnerabilities, to the threats, quicker identification of attacks, um, you know, a clearer workflow so that we keep both goals in mind. And as we really start to think about how do we make sure that those connections up into the IT world or the connections to the Internet, we're taking advantage of what the, the CISOs and the IT professionals know, um, but they really start to understand the importance of keeping that process running. And how do we start to look at this proactively? How do we contextualize things? You know, we, we've done with alarm management, right, for many, many years on the OT side. And now you've got alerts. You've got many, many alerts. So how do we how do we maintain and manage that? So definitely seeing the CISOs involved, more integration of those IT and OT groups. And then, again, just really continuing that people conversation on how do we change those perspectives and, and start to drive things forward for the betterment of both. You know, as you were talking, I mean, I sit here sometimes and I laugh because I could just picture, you know, we, we I come from the OT kind of background and, and I, I know and I have the feeling myself, what's wrong with those IT people? And I just laugh because I know the IT people are saying the same thing. What is wrong exactly. with the people? They just don't exactly. get it. You know, so, so there was a lot of laughter in the audience when I mentioned, you know, do you guys think about the fact that the process needs to stay up? And they're all kind of <laughs> like snickering, like, oh yeah, maybe we don't think about that as much. Yeah. 
Uh, since you mentioned technology, let me shift to technology. Um, you know, end users always seem to tell me that they already have enough technology. They seem to be overwhelmed with it. But I'm not sure that this is true or it's just a reflection of the fact that they, they lack the people and expertise to really take advantage of these tools, you know, and, and also to maintain them. You know, in fact, I, I, one thing I write about is I think they could use more technologies to, to alleviate some of the resource issues they have. Uh, Jay, you know, since resources are your side, what, what's your take on this situation? So uh, I've never been a proponent of full dependency on technology, right? I think that the correct direction still resides in the combination of what we've been saying for a very long time, that technology is really one third of the solution, right? I think we mentioned the people and the processes earlier on in the discussion. But if we want to just dive deeper into the technology component here, um, this is where we start to get a little bit tricky because just adding controls to an environment doesn't really do much without having solid asset visibility and vulnerability, vulnerability management of those assets, right? So once we understand what's out there and of course their associated exposure levels, then we can start to identify what's really required to provide risk reducing operation supporting technologies to run the environment. I try and visit a customer at least once a week and the overwhelming majority of them are still struggling with asset visibility, inventory, you know, basic inventory. So I truly believe in less is more. And maybe that, that contradicts your earlier statement. Uh, so long as those solutions are relevant to the user's business objectives, right? And they provide quantifiable return on investment. This is where you start seeing the sweet spot. So I'm a big fan of zero trust architecture. Mm -hmm. you know, and, so am I, and on by the, the way. And on the back end of that, having managed services, whether it be in-house or contracted out, in order to provide the full well-rounded picture. This is a, a tag team effort, zero trust on the front end, managed services on the back end, and of course the on-site controls in the middle to do to the day-to-day -day tasks. The tools are always going to evolve, Sid. So it's really important for us, that, you know, the likes of the OEMs out there, the partners out there, the customers obviously to stay sharp, but if we don't address those fundamentals, we're going to end up with shelfware that really doesn't provide much value. Okay, now let me uh, let me kind of get to the is it the hundred pound gorilla in the room or whatever the the thing of digitalization and the security risks of that. Uh, you know, at Arc, I, I write a lot about this. You know, we believe that you know OT systems are going to need to use a lot more more advanced solutions and things like that. The, you know, the security risks of open perimeters and connected workers and connecting to other systems and sharing information is just opening up a lot of risks to people. And I tend to think that, you know, we're almost like, today, I, the way I phrased it at my presentation at the forum was more around, you know, in the future, when, but then I say the future is here today, unfortunately, not unfortunately, but it's already here. Uh, they, we really need IT level of security for OT. And I'm not saying that we just give it over to the IT people, but we need that level of technology, things like zero trust, Things like maybe micro segmentation, uh, better governance, and things like that. So, uh, I don't know what you all think or what you're hearing from your people, but you know, I had better processes and things as well. But 
you know, do you agree with this? Do you see this as a big issue? Uh, I, and this is kind of the future. What we've been talking about is kind of where they are today. But this is more of the future, but the future is coming really fast. So I'd just like to get your opinions on that because it really seems to be a key issue today. So uh, let me start with Mary Beth. Yeah, so I think, you know, obviously we're a big believer in the digital transformation. Um, it's a big part of the conversations that we're having with our customers. We believe the digital transformation opens up a lot of opportunities to be more efficient, to be more sustainable, which is obviously a key you know, focus for our company and, and helping customers drive to that. And you really do need to be able to connect things and look at things, you know, across either a, a um, plant or across an operation. And in order to do that, to your point, that means we're connecting more things, we're introducing more risk. And I think you said at the beginning, right, that in our world, part of our our response has been to protect. And so there is a perception that we're doing a lot of saying no, um, or not we, but some of the customers that we deal with are saying no relative to the cybersecurity threats and making sure that they're not introducing anything like that into the into the company. But that idea that cybersecurity is a barrier, I think is really something from five or six years ago. What we're seeing now is actually cybersecurity is even an opportunity um, relative to the, the digitalization. As you digitize, you can actually improve your cybersecurity as well. I think there was a study done once upon a time, you know, we were all thinking that when things were air-gapped and, and there was no connection, that we were safe from cyber attacks. And I believe a while ago, I saw something that said, you know, even those PLCs, DCSs, there was a way to get into them. So we weren't ever as maybe as secure as we actually thought we were anyway. And now that we're starting to put these technologies in place, we have a real opportunity to ensure that we're putting in zero trust and we're putting in other capabilities that allow us to get that security in addition to all the benefits of digitalization. And the other oh. piece is, you know, I really think it helps us contextualize the threats, right? So as we start to put these technologies in place and, and we can put things in order, we can use that as a way to, again, drive forward and look not just at where we see lack of, you know, security threats, but also it identifies efficiency areas for efficiency gains and other pieces. So it really helps connect the dots. And Jay, I know that you have some statistics, but they're we know that sometimes people don't even know, right, if something happens, is it a cyber attack or is it just a device going down and really starting to knit these pieces together, you can start to identify things more quickly, whether or not it's just a problem with the device or it's actually an attack and, and be able to get past the compromise and, and move ahead. So I really see it as an opportunity, um, quite honestly, to to be more secure and to get all of these efficiency gains that are the promise um, and the sustainability gains that are the promise of digitalization. Uh, that's an interesting answer. I, I, I One thing I've said to try to make the case sometimes is sometimes it's better just to recognize that you have to deal with security and deal with it. And then you can do a lot more if you open up systems. So kind of aligns with some of my thoughts, but I often get, uh, get pushback on that. But uh, <laughs> Jay, do, do you have any comments on this? 
I do. And, and first of all, I just want to point out that I, I really love what Mary Beth said about digital transformation and security complementing one another. I think, you know, you have to have one and the other in order to create those gains that she was mentioning. So we we keep our R&D teams very busy, right? They're constantly developing solutions for tomorrow's environments and their digital transformation, efficiency, like Mary Beth said, their sustainability journeys. Now, from a technology perspective, this includes zero trust, anomaly detection, advanced segmentation. I think, Sid, you mentioned micro-segmentation, using all of the new flavors of next-gen technology that's out there, secure remote access, but also, you know, what what does secure remote access do without being without having the functionality once you land? So it, it requires the enablement of actionable tasks once you've landed. And then, of course, I know we've we've probably mentioned this too much now, but managed services with inputs that can help security leaders and operational leaders make the appropriate decisions. That includes things like threat feeds, th threat management. Uh, we can input those into an MSSP and get better visibility into what's happening, you know, not only in, in, in their own environment, but also around the world. And, and this subsequently helps if we're, for example, trying to expand the envelope with respect to either, you know, opening up the idea of a cloud journey or perhaps enabling a certain workforce to work remotely, these are the types of things that when under the same roof and have, you know, a set of eyes and, and a set of technologies that are going through those logs and, and helping to make the criteria easier to understand, all of this supports the digital transformation journey. So for me, I think it's really important. It was very difficult for me and Mary Beth probably, <laughs> she can attest to this. It was very difficult for me to take off my technology hat and think like a business leader many years ago when, when I started to lead this organization. But I, I'm a firm believer in, you know, that that knowledge that we receive, unless we have actionable intelligence and the ability to actually take action, it's almost useless, right? Just, just the, the knowledge itself is, is not necessarily relevant to the business decisions that we're trying to make. So when we think about digital transformation and the fact that security can most certainly complement it and vice versa, and then we take those technologies at the core to help leadership take the appropriate action when necessary, this is where we can ensure that the investments that we're making are running optimally and that the business is supported along that journey. Very interesting. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to, as I mentioned, uh, we had this one panel discussion, uh, several panel discussions at our forum, and, and a lot of people were kind of concerned that the, of, of controlling, you know, they wanted, I think uh, they, the, the phrase was that they wanted to become enablers. I think I mentioned that earlier of digitalization, but I don't know that many of them appreciate what you just said, and I, I think it's very insightful about the digitalization can also help with the security. So I, I find that very interesting. And and but sadly, <laughs> I hate to say this, but it looks like we've run out of time today. I mean, I've really enjoyed our discussion here. I, I could go on forever. I, and you know me, I, I could talk forever as well. Uh, but I but I really want to thank you for taking the time to talk with me today. You know, and I'm sure our listeners are going to gain an awful lot from your insights on these on these topics. So with that said, thank you very much. Thanks for having Thanks, us, Sid. Sid.